Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Casually Hardcore Podcast, episode 61A. Uh, we did a uh, live reaction to the PS5. Uh, not technically reveal, but it was uh, like I definitely was hoping for a reveal. And I, I know the internet's been kind of on fire, but there's some really, really awesome tech specs that we got. And the implication on gaming for the next generation consoles truly is exciting. And so we're going to talk about that here today. Chris, who did we have on last? What do we got going on and how are we paying for this? <laughs> uh, so last week you had a one-on-one with, uh, with Tate there. And so that's awesome. And uh, we had a brief little conversation this week with with Boom that's going to live over on Twitch. Maybe it'll end up in the highlights for those of you that haven't followed us over on Casually Hardcore Podcast Highlights. Um, that's where some of this stuff goes and lives. And uh, this week we're talking to you, Avalon. And this week is is brought to you by Shadow PC. Shadow PC just lowered all their prices. I think one of the issues has been that people still feel it's a little bit on the pricey end. Um, prices came way down and then just got expanded to all 50 states. So for those of you that wanted to try it and it wasn't in your area, definitely consider giving it a shot. Um, it's a little more powerful than the other solutions out there because it'll let you throw mods and stuff. It really is a full-blown PC that just lives in the cloud instead of by your desk. So, um, so link down below if you want to try it. Please do. And obviously, uh, Avalon star Brian, uh, great name, just an awesome, awesome name. I, I'm a fan of his name, uh, <laughs> but we've had him on before. Uh, Destiny player, Final Fantasy 14 player, former uh, Twitch designer, uh, full time streamer and other content creator and just really all around awesome guy. We got to hang out with him out at the media tour last year. We got to have him on the podcast. It literally was probably like one of the best after show podcasts we've ever had. It was just, it ended up just being just like the most real and interesting thing. Because if you guys want, if you got questions, you got to check out his stream. This guy knows what he's talking about. He loves games and he's just got the, one of the best communities that I think exists on Twitch. And that's just my biased opinion in that regards. Brian, for people who haven't heard of you and your content, uh, do a quick introduction because it has been a couple months since we've actually had you on the podcast and uh, the communities have just continued to grow and, and change and yeah, things like that. Yeah, um, I, I usually, I brand myself now as a passion-based streamer, which is pretty much a, a buzzword for I play what I want. Um, <laughs> mostly that's Destiny 2, 14. Um, but I, I think the, the, the biggest draw for my stream is the fact that, you know, we we don't try and create a persona or try to create a something that's not there. It's like what you see is what you get. Um, I, I am too, I'm, I'm bad at creating personas. So, you know, I like having fun with games, talking with, uh, talking about stuff going on in the world. And yeah, I just love to talk. So, I mean, that, that, pro that probably contributes to why that place was so good. <laughs> I could just talk about anything. Um, but yeah, it's just, we, we just, we have a very laid back community. And I love them a lot, my Crusaders. So, yeah, I mean, oh, we're best, open. Best camera of every streamer ever. <laughs> yeah, you got the setup. I, I have improved the lighting setup since uh, since it's we even fancier. <laughs> well, I love the colors. I love how it all works together. And honestly, that's uh, if if anybody ever asks, if you ever see like things improve here, it's literally I'm just trying to hit the uh, the Avalon Star bar. Like <laughs> it's great. I love goals. I love having people who are like like I love watching content creators, and that's why I've always just like it's interesting. Somebody uh, sent me a, like a link, and I was like, I've never heard of this content creator before. And how like how have I not heard about him? I haven't mm. even like there's so much of the algorithm that isn't recommending uh, things. And so guys, the best advice I can give, if you, if you have somebody you like, send them to me because I'm always like interested in seeing that, but same, send them to other people. The algorithm really isn't making recommendations. I've, I've discovered the last 10 content creators all through somebody saying like, Hey, have you seen what this guy's doing? 
And I go, mm-hmm. no, because it's not showing up on my homepage. Like if it doesn't show up on my homepage, it's a whole thing in and of itself. Beyond yeah. that though, um, I want to talk about the PS5 and the Xbox with you. I want to get your thoughts on uh, Final Fantasy XIV Destiny. Uh, so we'll dive into that here in this uh, in the show. But before okay. that, like, what is going on with the state of Twitch? Before in the pre-show, we kind of touched on this. But obviously, we people are working from home. Uh, people are streaming a lot more. Uh, what's what's the general mood on your stream? What's the general mood and uh, uh, with streaming itself? Like how how are you affected by working from home? Being somebody who streams, I mean, I've, as we were talking about in the, the precast, uh, you know, I've been working from home for fourteen years, so like in two industries, so it it this just feels like more of the same. It's just you just have a different a different audience and more of like a mandate to be a little bit to bring a little bit more than you usually would because you know there are a lot of people that are out of their element so you know being mindful of that helps me sort of kind of silo this away is like yeah this is this is a special one you know kind of these next few weeks are going to be really sort of essential to being able to connect with people and make sure that they're comfortable because that's what you know my cast is all about is making people feel comfortable in the space comfortably uh, talking with what they want to talk about and so like not much has really changed although we just you know we're, we're kind of playing around if anything more has been happening on our discord than in than on the stream because you know with with a lot of people really you know obviously with coronavirus being being the uh, 800 pound gorilla here it's like just being able to keep a sense of what our community stands for among you know amongst all the panic and so like you know we created a new channel just for for world events and so people can share there and people can people have been sharing information there um but we wanted to keep like parts we wanted to keep the community the same we didn't want everybody to start panicking because mm-hmm. you know one person can just set everybody else off so it's like if anything we've had to be more vigilant to make sure that the the standards of quality that we set for the community have stayed the same because people depend on that. Mm-hmm. It's not just because we're trying to be, we have a, you know, I haven't used my band hammer in a while and I just need to need to throw it at a few people. It's the fact that like people depend on this community being the way it is. And we have a responsibility to keep to that. From a sense of normalcy, just to help. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if the, the most important thing we can have at this, at this point, one of the most important things, especially if you're working from home is that sense of normalcy that you're just carrying out your day just in a different location. And I mean, we could get into this whole conversation about remote working in general. It's just like, you're just doing the same thing you always do from a different location, maybe a more comfortable location than you're used to. And, you know, this will have really wide ranging impacts, you know, in the, in the future, this could change the, the sort of paradigm around and the views around remote work in general. Uh, so like being able to be on the front lines of that and have this opportunity to sort of provide that service Whereas, you know, you're, you're now providing the service for somebody having to, you know, eat, eat lunch from their desk rather than having to be the, you know, the, the server that serves them lunch from, you know, a, you know, um, a restaurant mm-hmm. that you would visit after work. It's like, you know, we're having to kind of hunker down and put that, put out that extra time and energy to make sure, you know, cause our job is making sure that our, our audiences are happy and the content and things like that so not much has changed on the stream except just a lot more people a lot more talk a lot more vigilance around community standards and stuff i think it's important like i shared last night on twitter like i had my first like major anxiety attack um since my son was born so well over 18 months and it just 
came on what's helpful to know now like <laughs> uh compared to the first one that i ever had is like i'm not dying and for me kind of leaning into the community uh leaning into twitter leaning into streams just being able to sit down and just like okay i don't i can't play a game right now but i can i can just know that i'm not dying and i can just talk with somebody i can just chat on twitter on on twitch it was really calming it was just like i'm just gonna i'm, I'm just my brain's being silly it's telling, you know, it's telling my body something that's not true. I'm just going mm -hmm. to relax and then I'm just going to go to bed. I'm not going to sit here and make a big deal out of it. So there's, you know, obviously like I didn't understand anxiety until I had my first real like anxiety attack here, like <laughs> as an adult. And I was like, what's happening? But I can tell you, I can, I, I can relate more to my dad now than ever before in my life who has, my dad's always kind of suffered from social anxiety. Like he would have anxiety mm -hmm. attacks in large mm -hmm. in situations and things like that. So for me, one-on-one, -on -one, I was like, I can I can relate more to my dad now. But also, in a way, I can also relate to the anxiety that's out there. And that's why that's why I wanted to bring you on. Uh, we also had you scheduled. So this was just a a, a point kind of, of just like, yeah. yeah, just kind of how it worked out. But it's the importance of trying to maintain that sense of normalcy, but also that sense of the importance of the stream, the importance of creating a video, uh, because everybody's lives has been kind of turned upside down. Chris, what are your, do you have any thoughts or any like thing you'd like to share in that regards? I, I think times like this, um, they bring out a lot of where our like true values lie. Um, I mean, somewhat other, other, it's a different lens, you know, like, like you might say something you didn't mean to say when you drink and that's, that's based on a thought that's real. That thought may not be like long lasting. That may have just been a thought that popped into your head, but you shared it because that lack of inhibition. But this, this is where that kind of protective nature goes in. And, you know, people hoarding are doing it because they believe they're protecting their family, but they're doing it at the cost of others. And they're just showing that they care about their family more than others. And that's not necessarily a bad quality. Um, I think where you note more of a difference is like when you see companies telling their employees that they can't take off without losing their jobs and things like that, especially companies that are solvent enough to be able to cover this. They've mm -hmm. got the money. We're not talking about a small business where they're saying, hey, if I let these people go home and I pay them, they won't have a job to come back to in June because we will run out of money. Um, I'm talking about big Fortune 500 companies that are, there are some here in the DFW Metroplex that I have friends that work for that employees with symptoms are being told, go to the hospital and get a test. If you have a test, we'll give you off. Well, Dallas doesn't have that many tests. And so they're going to the hospital and they're being told, hey, you're in an age demographic and your, your health doesn't justify using one of our limited number of tests because you're not a high risk group. We recommend you go home. You probably do have it and you keep to yourself. Um, treat it like a normal flu, fluids, rest, and don't go near other people. And they go back to their employer and they repeat that and they go, well, you didn't get a test. So you need to work or you need to uh, quit. And, you know, you don't have the sick leave to take off two weeks because many jobs don't provide that. You're welcome to use up any PTO you feel is necessary. And, and that really tells me where that company's values are. So I think this is more just a moment of frustration for me than anything else. Mm -hmm. um, in my own self, I stay home a lot and <laughs> it still does feel weird to wake up and be like, you can't go anywhere today. Yeah. It feels a little bit mm. trapped to wake mm. up and, and realize I'm going to be in the confines of my own home. Hawaii is a beautiful day. place to visit. But once I, you told me like the only way to leave is on a plane, I was like, I'm ready to get off this island. Like, it's just like, I I'm a Texas <laughs> yeah. guy. Like it's for the most part, I could drive in any direction for a very long time. Absolutely. You know, it's like, all right, that's great. But then all of a sudden, like, yeah, I drove 
north, south, east, and west, and all around me was ocean. And I could do it within an hour. And I was like, I all of a sudden had island fever in that regard. So there's that. That's why I like. That's why I would say there's such a huge value that I, I'm I've put in. And I'm wondering if at the end of this event, if we all look at like Twitch and Mixer and YouTube and content creation in a whole like different light. I don't know. I'm I, I'm not gonna say that you know in a year we're all gonna be like wow like look how this just changed streaming culture just by this one event, but it does feel like for me, I'm definitely leaning into the, into that way more than I, than I have in the past. I'm, I'm doing a lot more lurking, mm-hmm. but it is a nice sense of uh, distraction in that regards. The, yeah. I want to, I want to, I want to shift focus now because no matter what that's on our mind, you know, it's like, it's, yeah. it's, <laughs> I would feel yeah. insincere not talking about it, but let's talk about Xbox. Let's talk about PlayStation five next gen. <laughs> we got hardware specs and, Outside of the trolls and the and like, somebody was like, uh, everybody seems to have labels. I've seen people yeah. calling out Sony ponies apparently and Xbox uh, Xbots, and it's like I don't care. Like I'm excited about both systems. Technologically, 4.8 gigabytes a second I/O read, 5.5 gigabytes a second uh, I/O read for PlayStation Five, coming up from megabytes a second. It's not like oh, we got an additional gigabyte a second. It's like, we've that's a massive leap in disk I.O. read that can completely change in my Paradigm mind. Paradigm shift. Paradigm. And I don't, I don't, I don't think we're going to be seeing the true effects of, of this until like three to four years down, like once we're mid-generation. Because, and I, I actually see this generation lasting for longer than the last one, honestly. And like the place PS4, Xbox One generation was pretty damn long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just the, just the technological specs that were not even the specs, the nuances that were coming out about how this technology works with each other is just what's amazing. Like opening your eyes to like, oh, no more loading tunnels or, Hey, you only load what you see. And it's in the, then the hard drives just that fast to be able to, uh, load extremely detailed textures in your frame of view. And it's just, it, 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 the, the concept of what people could do with that um, is is amazing. I mean, even just playing like with backwards compatibility um, baked into the chip on uh, PS5, like just throwing, man, I, throwing a F- FF14 on there is going to be like, oh man, the, lo- the loading times are not going to be like instantaneous because it's not optimized for it, but it's still going to be a lot better than what it is now with, uh, you know, me and my standard PlayStation 4 Pro. You know, I, that, that's my, like, I go upstairs to play 14 just on a controller and not really talk and because you know, I don't have a keyboard and it's mm-hmm. still like, oh, I got to wait. Like, I have an SSD on this machine. <laughs> I got to wait three minutes to load into my FC area. Um, but yeah, just like little things like that. It's just going to be, I think people are will argue with the specs until until you see, the, you know, them get the console in their hands. Like, wow, this is really damn fast. Mm-hmm. And then, and then we'll kind of get to the point where, you know, developers are going to start having fun with the technology, which is why I thought it was really important, uh, at least in the PlayStation um, presentation yesterday, that they were saying how they, how they wanted to keep the developer experience the same. They wanted to um, li- to shorten the, uh, the, the spin-up time from new console to being able to make it make something to put graphics in it from what what was it for the ps4 i think it was like three to three to six months Mm -hmm. down to less than a month yeah like 
that gives you more time to just have fun with it because you're not having to read that you're not reading the manual for like half your development time um which is great i, th I think that the the hardware manufacturers are taking a lot of um inspiration from where like open source software is gone you know you have all of those things permeating through and it's just this this um just the way that it feels right for the way that software is being developed these days that things are not what was what was it that was said it's not revolutional it's evolutional but it can still feel like a revolution even if it's just an evolutionary step for the developers themselves yeah it could feel revolutionary to us which it will when we, when we start seeing these games come out i think i mean xbox has largely thrown out the word generation that at this point yeah, yeah. They, they are saying everything from xbox one forward is in a family and yes like phones or like uh, pc hardware when you look at min spec for a game they're going to be aspects of that family that age out but they're not going to have these hard lines in the sand like historic console generations have playstation as of designing the playstation 5 we don't know if they still feel this way internally but mm -hmm. their outward marketing is we still believe in generations and this is still going to be a hard mark between the ps4 and the ps5 it doesn't mean moving forward they're not phasing that out or that they won't make ps6 a hard line we don't know that but even in that process even in that presentation yesterday um you heard him say uh things like historically they would have designed with the developers in mind and then kind of pushed it out to them and then this time they went out and actively sought feedback from developers now part yeah. of that shift is that more than ever before these companies that own consoles own their own developers so oh, yeah. they're like oh wow we're, we're really listening yeah they're under your umbrella like of course you're listening is this a good idea uh, yes boss yeah, that's a great you're idea. you're all boss, in the same yeah. stock price um <laughs> but they you know, he talked about a compression format that wasn't decided on by the console development team. It was decided on by the game development teams and they adopted it and then they were excited about the results. So that kind of back and forth, that two-way street where you talk about it being more, more iterative, more evolutionary, um, instead of waiting for that next big chipset, I think that's an exciting thing to think, okay, we could we could just get 10% better suddenly. Like when you look at Teslas, the idea that they can update the firmware on my car. I don't have to go buy a new one. They can just yeah. say, hey, we found a new way to make it more fuel efficient. Like imagine yeah. if our consoles are just like, hey, we just got more frames, guys. Don't do anything. Just next time you connect to the internet, it's just going to do it for you. You're welcome. And it, it really shows the, you know, that's part of the my argument with like, you know, um, a lot of devices these days that aren't consoles are very software it's software driven the software is driving the hardware rather than the hardware driving the software because it used to be that hey we have all these specs thrown out there nobody takes advantage of it until the next generation is about to come out yeah because i mean they naughty dog is, is it, it, they you know, naughty dog is always like really like push the limit and then you're like that was yeah. possible on a ps3 you know exactly it's like <laughs> and, then, and then oh hey but the ps4 is coming and like where's the ps4 port of this and so you know by having it be software driven you you speed up these these great games coming out because you're not having to have them try and figure out all the try to solve the puzzle of all this hardware that's been thrown at them well i think that's also when we look at the architecture being more kind of driven pc architecture as well there's, yeah there's less like hey we have to really rethink how this is all done but the rethinking comes in in that IO. We were talking in the pre-show, like 
when you think of RAM, like the reason you put things in a RAM is because it's the speed of access. And so every time you'd have to go to the hard drive, that was virtualized RAM. It's slower in that regards. And my air just kicked on. I'm going to let you guys talk about the speed. I'm going to turn off my air real quick. <laughs> okay. It's hard to get excited about the tech specs if you're not somebody that follows this. We see things like RAM and and teraflops and all these numbers being thrown around but mm -hmm. it's it's a lot like somebody who doesn't change their own oil or ever work on their own car getting excited about horsepower like really understanding what these numbers mean outside of a bigger number is better or that a newer newer model is better yeah um i i think what i'm struggling with on all this is that it feels like from what they've explained that they made some major advancements but what what we haven't seen a lot of is okay can you show me an actual game loading, even if it's a mock-up, even if it's a simulation, can you show me Destiny, how it should load on this hardware and how it should load on this hardware? Even if it's faked, like just show me, hey, we've done the math on this and your load screens into the tower are gonna cut from an average of 35 seconds to an average of two. I think, oh. didn't they didn't they have that though wasn't there a leaked presentation Xbox has been better they... about it PlayStation oh, I mean yeah, Xbox has, has been better PlayStation crap. yeah PlayStation had that's kept <laughs> everything close to the vest but I think there was some like tech talk like a year ago maybe about them showing, then. Off, showing off showing uh, off Spider-Man they showed Spider-Man as he was yeah. like so what they did was as a part of the presentation I thought that the problem is is that because they changed how the game was like it, it's hard to register because you're like okay so they said here's Spider-Man swinging through the city and he's going his Spider-Man speed and you don't see loading. It's all happening. And then he's like, what if we made Spider-Man 10 times faster? And then it's like, you would see that, you know, okay, it's got to load this thing. And he's like, now here right. it is on the yes, PS5. And it's like, we, they can go super fast and it's just doing all the city stuff and more. So it was really impressive. Like, okay. But for the average gamer, it's like, well, like, yes, but Spider-Man isn't swinging through the city at a hundred times speed. What does this mean for games? The first thing mm -hmm. that comes to mind was, the flash like imagine being like uh, like uh, the actual like a video game based off of the flash because it's like <laughs> the joke you're literally is going all, through the city that fast and you can load all the textures that fast yeah, yeah it's I like mean, well, let's it's just, just do it let's see what it, i don't know if it makes a good game uh play experience but i was just like how insane would that be from a fast travel perspective say well instead of going fading to black let's just zip you over there you know and then just load it in real time and just and go and go nuts I think the uh, the real concern I have is that devs only look at this because of the fact that, like, let's say a third party. I think when you look at Sony first party, like building something for that architecture, they could somebody like Naughty Dog could really say, like, what is this? How is this going to mean for our game design? You know, maybe mm. we don't need a building there. We don't need a, you know, a, a hallway here. We can really kind of play around with this. Uh, and, mm. and do something that has never been done before in games. Like we're going to do all these characters and, and, and there's some water. And, you know, like when you think of all the hard things that sometimes you have to do programmatically, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, hey, we're going to do it and we can do it now or we couldn't before. But my concern from third party, take Destiny, for example, is that, well, it's on all systems. Okay, here's how just, okay, just make it load faster. Just just make the load, the level load faster as opposed to like, what does this really mean for the core design of any specific game? Uh, and that's where I, it'll be interesting to see from a, if, the, if they make exclusives that are really driven on, can literally only run on PlayStation because you need that 5.5. Mm -hmm. uh, if you, anything less, this would not work. 
Uh, otherwise, like you look at 5.5 and 4.8, like, okay, I don't know if that's going to translate into any kind of game design specifically, but at the end of the day on the Xbox's side, maybe their VRAM and how they're doing their architecture with the, the just the memory bandwidth itself offsets the need for that, you know, for that IO. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so there's like, like at the end of the day, I'm like, there's two different systems here. Like I'm planning on getting both. Honestly, it's about games and price at this point. Anybody can sit here and, and think about, you know. Yeah, it's always been that way, I think. And and I mean, you know, if we talk about like sort of the, the layman or average gamer, it, it's it's a catch-22 because, you know, Sony did say something finally about their stuff and people were like, well, that wasn't much. But they've been waiting for Sony to say something for a really long time. Maybe, you know, maybe Sony, like, if that wasn't pushed as, maybe if GDC actually happened. Yeah. And that presentation was just for the GDC audience. We wouldn't. We would have heard the specs come out, but not having, not had to see. I had two hundred thousand people watching this dude talk. Probably ninety percent of them being uh, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> what were the numbers, Chris? Because you said on the road to PS4, there was what, like fifty or a hundred thousand? It's like one hundred fifty thousand views. And we were looking at 660,000 concurrent. So I don't know what the total views were on the road to PS5, but as somebody who has had streams where we have people come and go, I can tell you that if the, the, the concurrent is always smaller than the views because that doesn't account for everybody who has already left before that concurrent number. So yeah. it, it's it, it's probably it could be as high as 10 times as many people saw this. And so to say, oh, a few of those didn't like it, yeah. Otherwise, that first video should have took off. Like, if there were that many people, I doubt there's even 660,000 devs that need to watch this stuff. <laughs> the entire so, the entire industry. I mean, that's every, fair. Yeah, because the entire industry. Yeah, pause. This is not this is not their uh, this is not their instruction booklet. They're going to be taught. They're going to have their reps at PlayStation to be able to do this stuff anyway. If anything, yeah, it, it was sort of a marketing event. But it's like how they didn't know that. I, I, they yeah. thought they were talking to developers and Microsoft said, even when we talk to developers, we're talking to gamers. And so Microsoft has just done a better job of messaging. It just feels like the old hype train. I, I liked how refreshing that PlayStation bit was. Cause there's, there's no, I, I, I'm just, I guess I'm just jaded and tired of how like the, the PR departments are sort of the, it's PR driven. Yeah, it is you know, 100%. The product development and design. And I guess I'm just railing against that because great, great example was, you know, just what's been happening with destiny lately. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the game. I love it so much, but the way that they released the fourth horseman, it's like the, the new exotic um, shotgun that came out. There was a, there was a bug in the, one of the quest steps, but so people thought it was time gated, but it wasn't, it was just a bug, which they fixed but it doesn't help that you got all these emails and you got that gigantic, you know, that great ornament staring you at the face. It's like, it's like the PR thing is doing, the PR team is doing their own thing. And then developers are like, wait a minute. Like there's no element of surprise anymore because they have to tell us everything beforehand. And it's like, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I still, I guess I miss, I hold on to like my blind playthroughs and everything. Like, I, I don't know anything about Animal Crossing. I'm playing it tonight with my wife and I'm not letting anybody tell me anything about it. I haven't watched anything about it because like, I just want to, I want to savor those experiences. Right. So I, I don't know. I just, I, I've just been, I've just been really like uh, the, the addiction to this hype, this usual hype machine is, is just maybe, maybe this is just me being old. I, I just feeling old. 
I, I love it. I think it. it's a, that's something so raw and so true because Chris and I've had these conversations and I've said like, I have a massive concern um, with hype, but I also am a part of the problem, right? Hmm. Cause I get excited about a game and I go and talk about it. And that in and of itself is hyping it up. Even if like in the videos, like in our videos, we really try to maintain that guys just, just wait, like just, you know, we're excited but be cool, like just chill because we don't know if it's going to be good or bad. We just know that mm. we like what we're hearing over here. We're, we like it enough that we're going to go sit down and film and take time out of our day when we could be playing a game or uh, working <laughs> and we're going to make a video mm. and then we're going to talk to you guys about it. Inevitably there's hype. That's going to come along with that. Inevitably hype is so powerful within gaming. It's so powerful. Like the thing that I've noticed is that, um, I've, I've called it the rule of three. We've talked about, I talked about it with Tate just last week. It's like, you call it, it's hype grind bitch. Like it's like, that is the, the, the mindset. If you look at, you're going to divide content creation mm. traditionally in those things. And hype is something that like, it, you can't help it. Like there's a, it's a communal aspect to it. Yeah. Right. Oh, definitely. Like mm-hmm. if I, if I, you, you separating yourself from animal crossing to go and experience it in it, just a pure sense is, is really beautiful. But at the same time, there's plenty of people who want to talk about it, who want to get excited about oh, totally. it. Totally. One of my, my my best friend has been just going absolutely nuts over it. Yeah. Like she can't hold herself in. She can't play anything else. Just talking about Animal Crossing that she's just making memes all over the place. But like I yeah, I, I understand that. I think it's more like less the less the content creator hype and like our our you know, the sort of secondhand hype. Mm-hmm. What I what I more have a problem with is first party hype. Oh yeah, hype that comes from the the, the developers and the publishers and you know the soft the uh, the companies that come out with this stuff. It's like there there's no sense of holding back anything anymore. It's like the marketing team just just like oh they just we just kicked this out the door and development team's like what <laughs> we haven't completely QA'd this yet. Oh uh, there's the tweet. Damn it. Yeah. You know so it's like they so it makes it makes the game look bad because the promises that are coming out. You know, it, like the fact that people called that fourth horseman quest, like they just used the word time gate when it was never meant to because it was a bug. Mm-hmm. But people were like, oh, well, this isn't an, another real good example. Is with Chris. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use Chris as an example real quick, Chris. Another real good example of this is with Halo 5. Chris has had an incredible experience with Halo 5. He was yeah. just like you cut I off. I love it. And when you go look at the marketing, when you go look at like the podcast, like I was in, like, I'm like, man, this story is epic narrative lock versus chief. What's going on? Da, da, da. And it's like, well, the marketing like led up and then the game was just like, like it was a fine game, but it's like from what they, what everything looked like it was going, the story did not match to the level of marketing that was out there. And the marketing team did an incredible job and it hurt the game from a story the 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 multiplayer everybody praises it the story was like everything you you know it was like hey we had all these prequels and they're better than the daggum book you know they're better than the movie that was released but so here i am going like yeah it really didn't land and chris was like what are you talking about like that was I awesome i had a great time with it it's like oh great he was just he did what you did with animal crossing oh the game's here great <laughs> yeah yeah i i it's <laughs> and I have continued to adore that game since I played it last night. It, it has been one of the best purchases I have made for the Xbox one generation. It's, it's phenomenal. And the fact that it's run this long, I mean, time and time again, I hear people say like, Oh, Halo could should, you know, Halo's not their best shooter ever. They lose out to COD. And it's like, you're comparing a six year old game to a game that gets updated annually. Like if, if 
if it's beating cod cod needs to learn like it, it should be nowhere close to cod in sales numbers in 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 interest on places like twitch it should be nowhere close um if you're like yeah i don't know like this guy that doesn't even it doesn't even qualify to compete is winning it's like well then what does that say about the competitors uh it's, obviously it's, the field needs yeah. to step it up it, it's weird though because like you, you see these in mainly you know multiplayer games but if i were to come out and say man you know, tail the Tales of series just wipes the floor with it just wipes FF all over the floor. It's like you don't you, you know, like oh, you know, 15 and Arise coming out soon. It's like the, the comparisons that are the sort of direct comparisons that are made between like oh, Halo fundamentally different. Yeah. Like the whole uh when Borderlands came out, Borderlands 3, we were like, oh my god, you know, this is better than Destiny. And I'm like, huh? Or I mean, the people that would come in and be like, Warframe is better than Destiny. I'm like, what? I want, I want to talk. Wait, I want to jump based in on, on yeah. What based on what? I want, I want to talk <laughs> the fact about that. They're looter shooters, maybe ish, yeah. kind of. My my issue when I looked at Borderlands three and I said like I was like guys like everything I'm seeing like yeah I like Borderlands, but I said I think they built the wrong game. Like oh it's a great looter shooter and I go yeah in a month no one's gonna be playing it and that's like exactly what happened like the numbers just tanked on it i think it should be back now because now that it's on steam and i'm going to be curious to see how that game overall exists mm. but when you look at it's a, like it was like this is a timepiece of like 2011 2012 it's driven based off of like oh remember when looter shooters didn't make you have to do all this other stuff and then i was like looking at it and i go and then everybody's going to go back to destiny and then everybody's going to go back and play the game that they say they hate you know, they, like, oh, I'm glad that uh, Borderlands isn't doing all this this weekly and seasonal, you know, kind of stuff. And then you stop playing the game. You know, it's like, and that's where I was looking at it. I was like, I felt disingenuous that for all these people were like, yeah, Borderlands, just like the hype machine. And then I was like, and then they were like, yeah, I'm going to play Borderlands for a week and then I'm going to go do something else. And it's like, I'm glad that I was like, it, it boggled my mind. For me, it said that I'm glad they made a nostalgic game. But I think that it's like they weren't paying attention to what the market actually is is wanting. An individual and a, and a small group of people really probably dived in. But it's like it's is it Borderlands two point five? And so for me, when I looked at my my just like my life, and I was like, I just mm -hmm. don't want to because I really enjoy Borderlands, Borderlands two. I was like, I don't want to sit here and just touch this game and then move on and forget about yeah. it. I'm gonna wait. I guess I'll wait till the game of the year edition comes out, and I actually have time where I can sit down and play. So I can really just enjoy Borderlands 3 for what it is. And so that's the decision I ended up making. And I was like, yeah. And it, and the one thing I did was like, it was interesting because hype is so powerful. Everybody like you kind of, you kind of like your brain can kind of turn off and say, this is going to be the best thing since sliced bread. And anybody who disagrees with me doesn't understand, like they don't get it. And then you go look you back and retrospect. not have hype. Well, you can't like, but the, you can't no, you cut can't it out. Not I know you guys are saying that like, it, just, before like even the impression that like it would be better if there was like little to no marketing indie developers do little to no marketing and they don't sell the number of copies as triple a games and it is more than possible that there is an indie game out there that is a better fit for you than a triple a game when you have a set of expectations but you've never heard of it because they didn't do any marketing 
So like marketing is a necessary thing to rise you to the top of the huge stack of games that come out every year. And AAA it's, 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 do it. It's the, it's the way they market. It's like these people that are That's coming a huge out. Gray area. Uh, yeah, it's huge. I mean, just using marketing as a word, huge. Yeah. Gray. We can talk about you know games that have done amazing with marketing and games that have done absolutely terrible, like you know nauseatingly so, with with marketing. And only in our three lenses. Somebody else yeah. thought it was fine. Yeah. There are people that like No Man's Sky on launch. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. and most of No Man's Sky was a hype train that got. Sony just didn't do anything to correct it. Mm-hmm. Right. It's yeah. like Mail Vieira and 14. And it, and it should oh, yeah. be Yoshi P's job to correct that because otherwise what we could do is say, so next time we're getting three new jobs, right? And if he doesn't say no, he's wrong. And so we can just hold him hostage and I can just literally guess things until I get it right because mm-hmm. he has to correct me every time I get it wrong. Every, so like, yeah. Every, every time he doesn't have a straight answer, that's about a thousand YouTube videos that are born. That's true. Yeah. Like, what did he mean? 800 Look of them on the game. <laughs> right here. <laughs> I, lo- I, love, I love Chris's last video just talking about like, you know, everybody's like, flying's coming in 5-3. And Chris is like, maybe. Like, don't don't sit here. And- I can't say it's not. Yeah. I can't, I can't prove that. It's hard to prove a negative. Well, it's just that the, also that it could, but people if they if flying doesn't happen in five three there are people who actively believe that that is coming and then are actively going to go on a rant and say i can't believe that they canceled or or delayed it this is ridiculous and it's so funny because evidence ever of it coming out except in my own brain so i set myself up for this but i am still angry and not blaming myself because they should have done it because i thought of it anyway well, and it's like it's it's inevitable. It's it's, it's it inevitable. Is yeah, it's I know. Inevitable. It's like all this stuff. Yeah, we we could be talking about this stuff. Like you know, you're talking about the the uh, Xbox versus the, the ponies, PlayStation ponies. I'm like, am I back in high school? Yeah, it feels like I graduated that is, high is. school in 2001. <laughs> you know, so it's like, am I like this is? It's just the same same thing, different different generation. Like I'm fine with having a like a preferred place to to play. Like I love the Xbox controllers. Like that's like something that's really comfortable. <laughs> I would love to see more oh, yeah. cross I mean, cross I, controls, right? And it's Xbox like, Live is one of the greatest social experiences you can have. It just works. And uh, I, my concern, though, it always comes down into is that uh, people fight over this these these numbers like they own stock in these companies. And if they own stock in these companies, I'm sure they wouldn't care because <laughs> they're like, I'm making money. Like it's like, please go buy my you know this product because that's going to help me retire at some point. The my, my concern with hype. Microsoft. I'm happy Xbox doing well. Oh yeah, like I think that's the best thing about the competition between all of them is that it raises the bar for everybody. Sony competing, having trying to compete in a diff, maybe in a different way than the Xbox. Xbox learning from their incredible marketing flubs back in 2013 to sit here and say like, here's what we're going to do, and here and, and so my Xbox is in the news every month. Like there isn't yeah. a month since especially the reveal of the series x but even prior to that they were doing mixer numbers like we you know ninjas here now and then you know shrouds here now like boom 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 so there's so many like like it's all they're always constantly trying to make sure that people remember them from a gaming perspective in all different kinds of ways um i think my main concern like that i bring it up to hype because it's that it's the hype from the hype to hype like it's this like i'm going to be happy when i can finally play animal crossing animal crossing comes out oh it turns out i'm not happy 
Now I'm going to be hyped about this next thing that's off in the future. And it's just, you're constantly chasing kind of that high. You're always kind of looking for that next big thing. And sometimes it hits, right? And when it does, it's like, there's a, a big gaming cultural phenomenon that happens around it. And we've seen it a, a handful of times. I think the original Halo was one of those. I think yep. when you look at uh, like Call of Duty, like a release in which that it's just like, uh, you know, just the in the main sales numbers. Like when all of a sudden you look around and people are like, hey, what is this thing called Twitch? Like, why are people streaming it? Like, you know, back when PS4 yeah, and Xbox uh, 3, you know, uh, one launched, like how many people were actively watching Twitch? Like what, overall complete 200,000? A fraction of what we have now. And yeah. now it's just like, it, it's blown up in, in scale. And so there are these really interesting cultural moments that do happen, but they don't happen every month and that's where when i look at you know the these hype trains that could be driven by marketing campaigns uh maliciously or just legit like we're really proud of this product um my, my always concern is like what is my role in that do do i bring a, a sense of balance or do i help to set and i i'm always very like critical of myself within social media um, we've, I've been that way for a long time. Chris is too. It's like, we're like, what, what are we bringing to the conversation? And the thing that we, that it's always kind of like enlightening about that ballot, about it all. And when you go look at our comments, uh, it's always very easy to see who actually watches the content versus who doesn't because mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. nobody cares for the rational man in, uh, in the social media. So like people do like an individual can, but in general, like I, I can sit here and say like, here's what's good about it. Here's what's bad about it. And people are going to say like you, like, unless you're one of the two extremes, this is the best thing ever, or this is the worst thing ever. It's really hard to grow with that rational mindset of let's actually think about this rationally guys. Let's talk about it. And, and what, what, what this could mean. And nobody else is more victim of it than Chris. <laughs> it's like, I hate Chris. Cause he's like, Oh God, what was it? You're adequate. Or what was the thing you're shooting for now? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yesterday I was told I was extremely adequate. <laughs> You're extremely adequate. Yeah. Couldn't have said it more adequately, I believe. Um, I mean, so you have, the other thing is you have to question what is the role of titles? So like it, it moves yeah. into that clickbait conversation, but like mm -hmm. yesterday we all labeled our streams before we knew what the PS5 event was. And so you can't go back and say, I did a good job labeling this or I did a bad job labeling this because I knew because we didn't know. Mm. Um, so we all took a guess and the number of videos uploaded as streams before or as immediate reaction videos with the word reveal in it that ours had reveal in it. Mm -hmm. That word is not an accurate description of what we got. And so that word kind of sets the tone. And so when somebody clicks PS5 and sees 55 videos that all say reveal, they're like, oh my gosh, PS5 is out. I can Google pictures. It's really a thing. And, and then they're going to be like, we set them up for that failure. And they're like, wow, I can't believe Sony hasn't revealed it. Not a single one of those videos from PlayStation said the word reveal. Those were all from creators outside of PlayStation's control like us. Mm -hmm. And so like now PlayStation is considered the jerk in the room for not revealing and it's like, I said that if you're on our podcast today, Brian would mail you a cake. And I told you that. And so now you're mad at Brian that you didn't get your cake, but like that was never from him. Like he never said that. And it's like, and then I find 40 other people to also tell you, how are you liking Brian's cake? And then you're like, what cake? Uh, so like, that's really the issue here is that like, like I, I, part I'm of the hype is us. So I can't even eat cake. 
part part of the hype is is us it's yeah it's yeah like the community that makes the content that is not governed by the devs um we're a huge huge part of that problem now the other side of that is sometimes i pick something like arr flying as a title and i pick it intentionally and that is because i want the people who believe arr is going to be flying that google it to find my video so that i can correct them and if you actually watch the video it, it starts out from the very beginning saying like we need to talk about expectations like it's immediately like yeah you just stepped into this room let's get lectured like <laughs> so for, for the last part Time of the learn. so for the last part of the podcast i do want to get your thoughts uh about uh obviously shadow bringers uh we're we're in five two one now uh mm-hmm. barreling towards five three uh it seems mm-hmm. that the story in and of itself is firing for me on all cylinders uh, I'm going to put out a spoiler warning uh, so that way we can feel free if we want to talk about it. I, I, I don't know the future, so I don't know if we'll end up, you know, if we'll be vague or not. But just if you haven't finished the story of 5-2, you might want to just, you know, come back later and we wish you well. If you got this far and you're bouncing out, uh, tell us what kind of cake you like in the comments of this video <laughs> below. We'd love to know what your favorite flavor of cake is. Um, so um, 5-2, obviously, like we're going to go into 5-3 and this is the back half of uh, of 14 um, as a, as a, somebody who was active in both 14 and within uh, destiny two, uh, I, I think you tweeted it out, or at least you responded to a tweet in which that, uh, you're talking about how destiny and 14 players, there is this weird synergy that you see oh God, a lot yeah. of crossover. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We like it, like, and it's not just like you and me, it's not just Chris. It's like, you know, like even fusion X from gamerscape, like a lot of people, you know, end up playing both of these games and they're very different games, but there's also a lot of similar, you know, a lot of threads, uh, you know, between the two, but like what, what's your read on final fantasy 14? How are you feeling now? Because people kind of go through an emotional journey during, especially long gaps and like content that maybe speaks to them like story or more dungeons, things like that. Yeah, I, I think that they're finally in a place where they're playing around. I feel like they've I've said this, but it, I've seen it coming with like just the way, you know, I focus on used to focus on UI design. So it's like just seeing how they're having fun. Like when they started coming out with like the crafting tree mm-hmm. and crafting recipes, I'm like, okay, guys, we're coming up with new stuff now rather than having to fix. That's like that's like saying goodbye to technical debt. Let's have some fun now. Um, story-wise, I, I actually thought they would move, they would have moved faster because, um, you had, you had the whole thing at the, the last piece with like, you know, you saw, you saw, you know, the big star falling and then that just turned to be, you know, out to be Ruby, Ruby weapon, uh, mm-hmm. you know, being, you know, the, the, the switch after Ruby weapon. So, you know, I, that, that trailer kind of got me hyped for, for moving through the story fast, but it kind mm-hmm. of moved slower than I thought it would. So it, it kind of follows the, because my thing was like 5-3 is the changeover. That's mm-hmm. when you close the story of Shadowbringers and start to open the story of 6.0. And like, that's where the big like mid, mid-patch mid trial is going to be. So I'm like, it, that they're doing a really good job of just throwing, uh, throwing all these things at us. But obviously, you know, we're coming out with more questions. And, uh, you know, six months or three months is just, too long to wait so i guess it's nice to have ishgard which i love i freaking love the fact that you know we're finally getting into the meat of the ishgard restoration like sweeping up the the coal and then you know actually paving the the main the matic with and just seeing that i just sat back in my in my couch and i'm like this feels really good 
I love like, that I how it brings did, people together. I just did a thing where I pressed X. Yeah. I just pressed X a lot. And I feel really good just seeing this come together. And like we're gonna we're gonna see the Estragar, you know, housing system come about and you feel like, yeah, I, I had a I, I had built a that. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me want to buy a house for the first time. Yeah, I mean I have not good. wanted to buy a house up until now because I haven't wanted to put the pressure. There are times that mm -hmm. this game hits a lull for me and I want to go play something else. And yeah. I don't keep track of the number of days I'm gone. And I know it's a while because when I log back in, it's like you get a returner symbol. But I never, un <laughs> I never unsubscribed. I just took a break long enough yeah. to cross mm -hmm. the threshold, and and I take these breaks. It happens at least once during Stormblood, where I took a break long enough to get a returner symbol because I just, it just like I can look back at the gap in my guides on on the channel, and it just I was playing something else. Somebody was asking about Fisher Guide number three. <laughs> I hope they know Ocean that Vision. if I do a new series, so I was thinking about refreshing a new series. If it's a seven-part series, it's going to be one through seven of eight. <laughs> Where's well, number eight? I should, I should do that. Just to mess part, with them. This is part one of two. Where's two? Like, where's what? two? Where's Three two? Three years later. Where's two? <laughs> is two coming? Yeah. yeah uh, the most recent comment was, I can't believe I just watched 30 minutes of this to not get the final part. Yeah. <laughs> It's like you still learn things. Yeah, it's like it's like, the journey, not the it's end. Not like, it's not like the first is like, well, none of this information applies. It's not like I left open-ended questions. It was an <laughs> intro and intermediate, and then I just never made an advanced. It just never made it. Mm. And it's because I never got, I never got enough of the like mythological fish or whatever they're called uh, to to feel like I I had enough of a pattern. So I left myself room for the guide, and then I never got enough of it done to. And I still mm. don't. The um, couple of those fishing quests that get ridiculous. I'm really have been enjoying seeing people compete in crafting and, and gathering in terms of kind of the Ishgarding restoration. And that's what I've long and I that's why I was like, I love Ishgarding restoration. It feels so much more of an MMO uh, in terms of its yeah. content, right? Like everybody's yeah. both working together, but this level means that we're all working together, but there's also this level of competition that isn't direct PVP, but it's PVP. Like PVP in my mind has always existed on many fronts. Uh, Final Fantasy 11 had it through PVE. Like you were competing for control of zones and those zones helped feed your economy and allowed mm -hmm. you to like, and it was always, but it was passive. It was always just like, yeah, this is what's happening. And if you chose to, you could engage in it even more. And when they mm -hmm. were doing that, I was, I was really excited because I've seen people say like, I'm going to get in the top 12 and they would work, 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 work. And then they're like, all right, I finished at four, but I fell back on the, on the gathering because I was really like, cause other people also want to do this. And it yeah. just, for me was like, this is really cool because the other side of it, what we've seen as the counter arguments to ish guardian restoration and to these kind of systems within final fantasy. And it's the, it's based off. It's kind of, it's it, how it's built, you know, conceptually yeah. by design is that people say, I have a right to everything in this game. I have a right to experience oh. everything of every piece of content. And that's because the, the theme park and the story sets it up. You have a right to experience the story. You have, this is what's- the warrior of light. Right. You get everything. Right. And then- As opposed to just being Brian. Right. Yeah. And then, and then it shifts and it has content that says, you have the right to choose to, to engage with this or not. Uh, but you don't, we're not going to guarantee you rewards. These things are going to be locked around to people who are going to do this. And for some people, and even in Destiny, I see this uh, oh. from some people in the community saying like, this should be here for everybody I, because I can't do this at a streamer level. Like mm -hmm. I feel cut off from this. And 
that's something where when I looked at and I was telling you in the pre-show, like after after uh, Undying, I I logged in once or twice to Dawn. Once once Gabriel was born, I was like, yes, Dawn here. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit my level hundred cap as quickly as possible. And he was born, and then I logged in. And then I was like, and that was it. And I was just like, okay, I'm just not going to just engage with this. I just, I can't. Uh, and then with worthy, like I was just, oh yeah, I'm running at it. And I'm wondering if, you know, if the next season I'm just going to be exhausted because you just, you run at something so hard and you end up pulling back. But uh, anyway, um, that's in and of itself. I see that same kind of concept within it. Like what, do, do people have a right within an MMO, especially with the subscription MMO, should they design content that, you know, um, that fits everybody. You don't even have that right in a theme park. No, you must be. You purchase. Guy. You purchase a day's ticket to get in. Yeah, yeah. There are things inside that theme park that cost additional money. There are things inside that theme park yeah. that require your certain height. There are things inside that theme park that are going to have lines long enough that if you tried to ride every ride, there is not time before you get kicked out at the end of the day, and you must pay to come back tomorrow. This is a game where you are paying an entry fee every month after an initial account creation fee once every two years to buy the expansion and and once you have an up-to-date expansion you may pay for however many months you want to have access to the theme park you do not have to ride all of the rides you do not get to ride all of the rides enjoy what you can have a great time that's it that's all it is it is 100 a theme park yep that that is probably yeah the the best taking it as literal as that that's I can't come up with anything better than that. Adequate. It's, yeah, it's adequate. That's that is that is that is exceptionally adequate for an explanation to, to all of this. Yeah, I, I I completely I completely agree. It's and it gets me all the time with uh with Destiny. And I guess that's the, those kind of similarities when it comes to you know entitlement and you know what I deserve to get. You know, um, yeah, it's it's that you got you got to put the work in, right? Not everything can be given to you and it's it's really interesting because like i when when you, whenever you bring up the uh the crafting sort of the crafting feast is what i call it yeah exactly uh it, i i was just the crafting feast. I, I was just cackling you know that during that entire review through the thing because um i know there are a lot of people out there that wanted like you know end game content for crafters and like you know what you get you get the feast you get relics you get everything else you are on parody with pve now you can't play it anymore because like you get all of those things and everybody was like, oh my God. And I was just sort of laughing. I was laughing like a witch. Yeah, Chris because, was so excited. Cause he's like, because crafting I, relics. I would, I would... Oh, crafting relics, man. Crafting relics. I, I threw it out as a troll at first because my first suggestion was they should do crafting relics and not battle relics. And just, and just, <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. watch the community what? explode. And then they said crafting relics. So I was like, that works. Um, so WoW has a system called Tools of the Trade. Mm. And Tools of the Trade basically unlocks when you are um, a level capped character, uh, so all your all your alts have to go hit cap. A level capped character that is past a certain level within the, that profession is given basically a quest chain, and you go off and you perform this quest chain. And when I first tried to unlock it, I was like, "Awesome! I'm going to do the quest chain. I'm good at quests. I can fetch things." And so <laughs> I go off and I fetch things and I do all the stuff it asks of me. It's like, "Hey, craft this thing. No problem. Hey, go talk to this guy. No problem. Hey, go kill this thing and bring me back its liver. Got it." And then I get to the end and they said, "Cool, you've unlocked the recipe for your equivalent of like a WoW crafting relic." And then the recipe is like all these expensive materials so you get to the end and they're like great you've unlocked it 
oh yeah, the tool's real expensive. So like, it's like, oh yeah, that's a hundred million gil. Is that going to be a problem? And I was like, what, what? Like I spent like two hours doing this whole quest chain and I didn't Google it because I was like, I want to enjoy this. And I got to the end and I was like, I can't even make it. I can't make the thing. My, my working theory, my working theory, and Brian, I'd like to know your thoughts and your reaction to it. My working theory is that there's a, there's a, a categorization of gamer who thinks that they like MMOs. And it's that in that thought, like, oh, I really like MMOs. And I've, I I see it time and time again where they're like, oh, they got me again. Like, just like what Chris said, like all of a sudden you're like, what do you mean I have to I have to have this insane grind? And it's like, what game, what kind of game did you think were, you were playing? You know, and that's where I think it comes in with 14 handling content in different ways. But do you ever run into that kind of mentality where it's like, I always just thought like, somebody believes that they actually like these kind of games, but then all I see from them time and time again is just how much they hate it. And then yet they're going to just, they keep playing and it's like, Oh man, like how do I help this guy? I don't it's, know. It's, it's, yeah. I, I, I'm glad I'm proud. My C at my CM is in, in the chat right now, like that we have a community where we don't have a lot of those people. So I like, it's mostly as a third, uh, you know, as a third party observer of that it type creeps of creeps up on you. I said it creeps up on you though. Well, it does. It does. Like it you, does. you wake up one day and you've been you like I like this. I like this. I'm gonna like that. Like I love potatoes and I love pasta, and then I don't like gnocchi. Gnocchi so sucks, like, dude. <laughs> and I and like the first time my my sister in law was she makes her own gnocchi and she's like I'm gonna make this gnocchi for you and I was like what is it and she's like oh it's potato pasta. And I was like, this is amazing. And like all day, I could smell everything in the kitchen being made. I was so excited and I was getting hungry and I was trying not to snack. She gives me this big old bowl and we're so excited. And I take one bite. I was like, I'm, I'm so bummed. Like, why do I not like this? Yeah, Julie loves gnocchi. And so she made it for me. And she explained <sighs> it that same way. She's like, it's <sighs> potatoes and it's pasta. And I was like, sold. Freaking I love awesome. potatoes and I love pasta. <laughs> You know, I'm Italian and I'm Irish. This is fantastic. And then it literally was just like, <laughs> this is disgusting. Oh, I, man. But I think I think the 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 important thing there is that yeah, you had your expectation coming in. The expectation wasn't meant, but did you learn from that experience? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I've never ordered it like, since. I'm not continuing to sign a subscription up to log in and eat Noki. Exactly. Exactly. That's the thing where these people are like, oh, I don't want to have to get, I have to do PVP for the weapon, but they don't, but they, but it's that collector's mentality. Yeah. I must have every pinnacle. I must have every ritual weapon. I must have every relic. It's like. That goes away with age. A younger, a younger me had to have everything that people said I could do Mm -hmm. or, or said I couldn't do. And I thought I could do, Mm -hmm. I had to do to prove something. And then at some point I just asked, why though they're like you can't do that and it's like i think i can and they're like but you can't but i don't want to and they're like but you can't and i was like i don't care <laughs> like that's the end of that conversation like fine then i can't yeah, like fine. i don't just believe yeah. that I, you live in your reality i'll live in mine we're not hurting yeah, each exactly. other like knock yourself out the brian you said something that was so like so true what i see is that no matter what whenever i like talk about destiny though there's always one comment saying do I still need to do PVP to experience, you know, to collect this weapon or, or whatever? And the answer is yes. Like the game will bring you in and, you know, you, I've got tons of quests that I have yet to complete, but I've always just kind of played it at my own, my own pace and my own, for my own enjoyment. So that's interesting. Cause it's like, yeah, I, the, it's the collector mindset. Like if in them, 
they have to get everything. And Destiny itself doesn't even provide enough vault space in my mind to get... Oh, uh, God, vault space. Yeah, <laughs> they need to double that at least. But, I mean, the, the really cool thing about, I guess, just, you know, going back to Destiny and mm-hmm. there is, like, we, I've had community members who are not very big on PvP, but they got their Savior Seal last season. And they were freaking proud of that. And I was freaking proud of them for that because they, I mean, they, they were there, the 90% of the things that they wanted to do, the 10% of the things they didn't want to do, but they did come out with a better respect of those activities. Mm-hmm. Like if anything, the people that have gone through PVP and sort of learned their nuances around it or which, which modes to play were able to have a more of a respect for it that all of a sudden it feels now worth it to get. It doesn't feel like a, a stress. It feels like a, a, a win to get that seal at the end mm-hmm. and you know being okay with not being able to get every seal i want every seal because i am a cl- i'm i am still a collector and i will put i will throw myself at these things i threw myself at trials for the very first time nice last week and like friday was a crap show saturday was great and I, I'm looking forward to it, you know, tomorrow and this this coming weekend. Like, I want to get better at it. Yeah, I just hit just 960. Self-betterment thing, yeah. Yeah, so I'm I, like, I, yes, I, I can I, finally I, do trials. Yeah. And I wasn't able to, I, I hit, it took me until Sunday to hit it. And I was like, by that time, I was like, all right, well, uh, you know, I'm going to wait till next week and, and mm-hmm. get my squad and go into trials and hopefully, uh, hopefully have a good time because I love, I just love PvP and Destiny. It just has done so well. Um, trials is a great, is a great argument for that. It's like, you can't fudge your way through trials. Right. And you like people, some people were like having a problem with the fact that some trials things were on the Eververse. So some people could get trials branded stuff, but then there were people that that should be reserved for flawless wins. So mm-hmm. you have that kind of reverse thing that's like, wait, people don't deserve that because people that get flawless should do that. The people that are good should do that because there's a respect for the content. Yeah. There's a respect for trials that has evolved since D1. That like, if you want anything from trials, you got to work for it, mm-hmm. not pay money. Right. So, you know, Bungie tried to kind of half put that in half by like, okay, ghost projection. Okay. Uh, ornament for outbreak perfected. Okay. But then people were Oh, there's an perfect. ornament now for outbreak perfected. Mm-hmm. It's a trials. It's a trials. Um, a Bye guys. Got to work. Ornament. I got to, I got to get it on this. I, I love my <laughs> outbreak silver perfected. For that. <laughs> Has it been an hour? I got to take off. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, look at the, look yeah. at the time boys. I gotta, there you go. The, uh, I was like, I love that. Yeah, gun. That's I, my favorite gun. Um, I it's so, on that note, though, uh, man, it's just so much fun. The uh, I've always last thought, last question for you, and then we'll then we'll wrap up. The mm-hmm. um, what are your thoughts if Destiny decided to ever put in an optional subscription fee? Fantasy Star Online Two just launched here in a, in open beta, and they have an optional subscription, uh, and it has a you know additional rewards, but pretty much you can play the whole game for free. Destiny is actually now a free, uh, you know, free to start game as well, and I've always kind of wished that. You know, because like, yeah, I just don't see myself going and buying silver and and purchasing it. I buy the expansion and I buy the season, you know, season pass. That's my mm-hmm. in. But I've always kind of sit here and thought, like, man, like I would probably do an optional sub if it had some kind of rewards to it, uh, because that like instead of like randomly spending silver, if it was X a month or like here's you know here's this. What are your thoughts on that? Should Destiny look at different monetization strategies? Because I think I think a lot of my, my quintessential example was that Twitter would be so much better if they were freemium um, because you could pay to not see ads. And I would do that. I would, I would, uh, I've said in the past that on, on another podcast that I would, I would sacrifice some of my, my cut each month 
if people didn't have to see ads. So that's like the big quintessential like argument I have for that stuff. Mm -hmm. Having that optional, have, giving me ways to give you money is great. And I mean, if I support the, I mean, I support the game anyway. I buy a lot. I buy a lot of the Eververse stuff every month. I buy all of the finishers and whatever, but I, I would love to be able to feel like I am contributing on a monthly basis, not just in view hours for my community and play hours, but also in like just thanking the devs. And that's what I've always felt with 14. It's like, yeah, yeah it's a subscription, but you know, I've been subscribed for what eight, it says 1800 days. So like, you know, that's a lot, that's a lot of months of, of paying them, but I feel like I've gotten what I've paid for and more like i don't I, I would i would probably it's probably worth double the the you know what i what i put into it mm -hmm. you know you're getting that much out of it and you know i make that argument for like the seasons it's like yeah it's ten dollars a season but you know you're paying ten dollars for a destiny season for three months of content that you're paying 14 45 bucks right for three content so you'd say so like, like the yeah. seasons are acting kind of in that way as the they as are they are acting kind of in that way but i would i would love to you know see them give the option to to better fund them so they can do things they can do more things that what we're expecting out of them because i i think we are kind of feeling that that little tightening of the the of wallet the, the, yeah the wallet because of uh the you know being cut off from Activision, like they don't have the number of devs that they did. Luke Smith talked about that in the last developer letter. Like you got to understand that just because you know it's like Crab Dance Activision's dead is not necessarily all good because they have to make these these transitions. To that's why Blizzard cool. partnered with them in the first place. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Blizzard right. was fine. They just needed more money. Yeah. They literally so, just just wanted a bigger checkbook. Yep. Right. So good. Exactly. I mean. So you have this this sense of you know we're we're seeing they want to push a very big dream, it's going to take them time to do, but if they had more funding to do it, that wasn't based off of like you know the the, I guess the MMO paradigm of just you know buying cosmetics. If I could just just pay them, just like let me just give you money mm -hmm. for your time. I just always I, would, I wonder I wonder as like more kind of subscription game services come out, if we don't see more of these kind of persistent games also have some kind of benefit. And I know Fantasy Star Online 2 does with Game Pass. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, hey, we've mm -hmm. got this additional thing that if you have this, this is also going to benefit you in that way. Because I think fundamentally, the subscription per game like model is ultimately rejected. People, like, I like it because there's there's pros and cons. But, yeah. the, uh, but I think when you look at overall gaming, like, Fortnite is a free-to-play game. But yet, it, it is one of the most revenue-producing games out there on the market today. So gamers, yeah, of course, you know, gamers that. say like this is what market decides what wins and what doesn't. Uh, and so I'm, I've always kind of been curious to see if like, yeah, like that's what I was like. I've always thought the optional, you know, subscription would be good. But I'm wondering if they don't do something like that at some point. If you don't see them partner up with like PlayStation and Xbox to say like, hey, if you're or heck, if you and if there's some, uh, you know, games, uh, you know, good old games or, you know, things like that, where it's like, hey, we're going to be a part of this. You saw we, we saw the promo with the uh, Twitch uh, with Twitch Prime uh, yeah. recently for Destiny. So it's like more of kind of like different integrations end up being kind of a way to help fund it. Because, yeah, like I, I want the game to last. And I, I the, the complaints that I see people making is that they're not making the game fast enough. Um, they're not making the content and that's the same uh, is in like how we said back to the finishing it all up 14 yeah. and destiny same complaints i see people leverage at at 14 in, in the comments they're like they haven't made content that i that i want as a part of my sub and it's like and that's why yoshi p says take a break take a break go play something else 
you know, it's like for now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just pause your sub, just go play something else, you, you know, and you come back and then all of a sudden there's maybe a bunch of content for you to experience. Uh, Brian, where can people find you? Uh, what you got coming up? Like, uh, yeah, floor is yours. Oh yeah. Uh, twitch.tv slash Avalon star. Uh, this is Avalon stars 20th year as a thing. Uh, I bought avalonstar.com way back in 2000. So we're kind of celebrating, bringing everything together. I've uh, been working on working on personal websites again, which has been great and nice. kind of solidifying a lot of the, the foundation to take Avalon star in the future. Uh, game wise. Um, oh God, it's a lot. For, balancing for uh, ff14 destiny 2 monster hunter uh will be play, i'll be starting uh i'm playing doom and doom eternal uh we'll be playing doom eternal when it comes out cool Obviously, seven remake uh animal crossing i'll be playing for the first time and i mean just we just kind of go with it as um i've been i felt really good talking you know you were talking about anxiety and things like that i've been trying to minimize that in my own uh my own career as as the months have gone on and it just it just works that i have a community that just rolls with the punches with me like i never really have any specific plans oh yeah persona 5 i know <laughs> I, I haven't played before um I, I have a community that rolls with the, the punches with me and like if i feel like playing something else they're like yeah you do you because we like seeing you having fun and you know i've accepted that and uh it's just made things better so if you'd like to become part of that twitch.tv slash avalon star and uh, we'd love to have you as part of the Crusaders. Chris, what's going on with you? What's going on with us? What we got coming up? Uh, we have a Rex gaming podcast next week. Is that, is that correct? Is he next week? I think so. What month is that? crept like... up on us. Yeah, really fast. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I was, I'm sitting here thinking, well, I don't know why I'm thinking. You'll know like... when we know. Uh, <laughs> and... and uh, yeah, I've I've been playing a ton of Wilson. Um, that's that's a game that uh, they've been fixing bugs regularly, and there are still bugs, but um, they are they are doing a great job of making the game more and more stable. So if if you're on the fence about that one and you have the hardware to run it, um, I encourage that. If you don't have the hardware to run it and you really want in, just remember that uh, places like Shadow PC link down below will do it uh nvidia geforce now will run it which it you know since it doesn't need mods or anything uh and you can do a free trial there uh lots of options on ways to get in on that and then i am am finally getting all the stuff done around the house because all of a sudden i'm here a lot so i am looking forward to spending some more time in 14 and, and more time in in games in general yeah julie's uh, got me scheduled to work on uh, the garage and then getting things down by the attic so it's like all right yeah perfect time everybody's home. my We're commute all... is yeah. almost zero uh i can get out of bed and i can walk from that room right there into this room right here and then i'm at work um the dream so yeah i i will say i'm tired of this chair like i've been sitting in this chair eight to nine hours a day and it's like Not because when i'm done i like my secret lab <laughs> no i just don't want to be in one place that long yeah so yeah, like last fair. night yeah. my my brother wanted to play wilson and i was like but can we play halo so i can go sit in that chair like i just <laughs> want to sit in a different place, i just want to sit in a different chair yeah <laughs> um so with that guys uh thanks for tuning in we've got i've been playing like uh warhammer online i'm looking forward to new world next month so lots of, lots of really cool stuff coming up. But anyway, thanks, everybody, for hanging out in the stream. Thanks for everybody watching this on YouTube. And again, you can find us on YouTube, Mixer. I don't know where the hell we are. Uh, <laughs> uh, iTunes, like all, wherever podcasts are, are, are consumed. 
Uh, now that, that's where you can uh, that's where you can find us. Leave us a like. Uh, let us know if you made it to the end of this video, as opposed to skipping out of uh, the previous talk. Uh, let us know if cake or pie is your favorite. So you can uh, send off in the comments below, uh, letting us know. That will tell us you made it all the way to the end of this podcast. But for work to game, my name is Brian. My name's Chris. We'll wait. Oh. My name is also Brian. <laughs> You've been here before. <laughs> it's been so I, long. I, I didn't know. I didn't know I was part of the ending. I yeah. I, I I thought like you guys are just signing off as your as your normal thing. That's, that's, right? that's why it's like when it when it when there's long periods of time, people are like, oh, oh wait, I forgot. Uh, when we yeah, get to number one hundred, we should Brian. edit all of those together and post it as its own post. <laughs> just outros to yes, see. That <laughs> I love it. Thanks, Brian. Uh, thanks, everybody, for Thank tuning you. in. Hopefully, you all have a fantastic day, and we'll see you next time. Take care.